Hello everybody, welcome to Recap here on Wash Rush Games. I'm your host, Eddie B. Joining me once again, he's, become, he's kind of becoming a regular and I just love him. <laughs> From Crossroads and other things, um, please everybody welcome back, LeBron Thomas. Hey, what's going on everybody? Yes, as you can see, we are talking about Event Horizon. If you have watched the Resident Evil uh, episode, we have kind of talked about <laughs> aliens and space and event horizon has been brought up so i have decided to watch it and leron loves this movie i have thoughts we're gonna recap it and we're gonna give our vote for it but oh, oh, oh guys he had he has he has thoughts about it and because of his thoughts i'm just gonna just take over this entire week app for this one because uh <laughs> Because uh, if you haven't seen Event Horizon, like uh, Eddie's thoughts may change your idea about the movie, and we can't we can't allow this slander to happen. <laughs> well, everybody, this is a 1997 film directed by Paul Anderson. Uh, if you you know who Paul Anderson, he did the Resident Evil games. I mean, movies. Uh, he went under at the time of this movie. He did Paul Anderson before he changed it to Paul W. S. Anderson. So. I'm going to hand, hand this conversation over to Laurent because, like he said, he's taking full charge. And <laughs> let's get into it because I've been hyping this thing up uh, on on my Twitter at that retro code. Wait, wait, you call that hype? Are you <laughs> are you sure about that? <laughs> I've been after after all the stuff that I said in my last tweet was just like wow. You guys are gonna have to really listen to recap about this one. Okay, you've been hyping up recap. I get it. Yes. Okay. Because okay, yes. I was about to, I was about to say that's like, that's like that, that's like in um in Bring It On when they were talking about when when the when the when the when the when the, when the old cheerleading captain is getting ready to mm-hmm. go to college, and uh and uh and one of the girls is like uh one of the girls is like come on she whipped you two in the shape and and then one girl turned around and was like whipped is that what you call that. <laughs> 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 yeah, so I'm super like hype. Is that what you call that? Is that what that is? <laughs> nah, you know I love you, man. I got, I always got to give you a hard time about this because because I mean you know what's a good debate if you don't have two different sides of the conversation? <laughs> that is that is true. Um, a, a lot of people tell me I'm wrong on my on my side, but like I said, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, I mean, let's. Look. I mean, just go back, just go back through the through the through the hours and hours of roles of the podcast when we talk about cyberpunk mm-hmm. oh for someone who says i'm not gonna i'm gonna stop eating and start drinking on the podcast no, no, i here. said eat, i said eating i'm drinking water <laughs> there's I'm, just, there's I'm trying to you look i'm trying to use this the worst against so i can win the there's there's not there's not a dot of calories in this <laughs> bottle of water <laughs> but Everybody, please watch. Please watch the episode on Crossroads when Laurent talks uh, about uh, cyberpunk. Uh, he he's like, "Can we make it a rule not to bring up cyberpunk?" I was just like, "Are you?" I'm like, "Okay, you can do that at Crossroads. Everything else is up for grabs. So good luck and God bless." Because believe me, I. Before we get into Event Horizon, I want to say this for it, uh, cyberpunk. Even though I may not be hyped for the game, because I gave my reasons. I will be buying that game, just to just to let let people know. I am going to be hitting LeBron up. I'm going to be hitting hitting Nelly and anybody else who gets it, because I want to know who they choose as a character, who they made, what they did. 
I already LeBron oh, already. I'm boring. I'm boring. I'm boring. I'm just doing default stock character. There's not gonna be any customizations that guy. I just want. I just want to get in and start playing. The LeBron, you already know that. Even when it hits twelve o'clock and that game comes out, I'm already gonna be wishing. I'm like LeBron, have all the fun, and I'll catch up, and we would discuss, discuss. It's going to be. I feel like it's going to be bunkers good. I mentioned it's not game of the game of the year material yet until we play the game. See, I was about to, I was about to be like Alexis off of Dynasty. I have the receipts, <laughs> but you saved yourself. You saved yourself. <laughs> oh, all right. You can bring, you can bring the receipts. I will. <laughs> I live by a recycling plant. I will put the receipts right in there. <laughs> all right. Go ahead, Laura. All right. So, all right. Let's get into it. All right. So, Event Horizon, nineteen ninety-seven movie, directed, written and directed by Paul W. S. Anderson, who uh, Ed mentioned earlier, went by the moniker Paul Anderson at that time. Uh, the movie stars Lawrence Fishburne as Captain Miller and Sam Neill as Doctor Weir. Uh, it also it also includes a cast including uh, Kathleen Quinlan, Jolie Richardson, Richard T. Jones, Jack Noseworthy, Jason Isaacs, and Sa- uh, Sean Pertwee. Uh, okay. So basically, the basically the, the quick and dirty about the movie is a rescue crew investigates a spaceship that has disappeared into a black hole and is now returned with someone or something new on board. All right. So the setup goes like this: uh, we get a we get a nice we get a somewhat nice little intro and it talks about some things that have been happening in the lives of, of human beings at that at in that particular pocket of the universe. In 2015, uh, we've already established our first permanent colony on the moon. We're slacking, aren't we? <laughs> there's life. There's no, life. We're not slacking because there was something in this movie that we're going to have questions about. Okay, 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 okay. In 2032, mining has been established on planet Mars. So I mean, humans are doing some good stuff. Humans are doing some good stuff. All right. The next, the the next highlight is in in the year 2040. The Event Horizon, which is a deep space research vessel, is launched to explore the solar system, and it, it subsequently disappears without a trace after making it past the planet Neptune. At that point in the, at that at that point in their history, it is considered the worst space disaster on record. And then the movie itself starts seven years later in the year twenty forty seven. Okay, so uh, the movie opens with uh, showing uh, showing one of our characters, Sam Neill, uh, Doctor Weir, in the movie. He's he's a uh, He's he's dreaming about the event horizon, and um, and at this point, the event horizon is hanging in orbit near the planet Neptune. Uh, the zero gravity uh, it pans to the insides of the ship and stuff, and we see the zero gravity is happening. Things are floating about, and we pan to the bridge, and there's a body. There's a body floating around, and as the camera gets closer up to the body, you see it's, you, it, it reveals a tortured man. He's, he's doing one of those soul-type screams, so it's one of those ones that you know it just pierces right into your core. Uh, uh, and then Dr. Weir wakes up. He's been having nightmares about the event horizon, and I, we will explain a little bit more about why that's happening. <clears throat> Dr. Weir currently is the head of the Event Horizon Project, and he's haunted by the events surrounding the ship's disappearance, as well as a personal tragedy that revolves around his, his, uh, his late wife. Uh, when the movie really kicks off, Weir's joined the, crew, uh, joined the search and rescue crew of the ship the Lewis and Clark for a top-secret mission to investigate the Event Horizon and bring it home. It's snickering. Hold on a second. This is, where we, this is where we get a chance to meet our crew, who is prepping to make a jump uh, from Earth to Neptune, uh, which is going to be a 56-day uh, trip. All right. Well, well, all right. All right. Uh, well, go ahead. Which, okay. Which, 
<laughs> I had to pause the movie and take a moment of for my life and my soul to get back <laughs> together in my body. When he mentioned the ship Lewis and Clark, I fell out laughing. Why did you fall out your seat laughing? Because that sounds like a street name where a bodega is at that sells the best 40s in tacos. I put that as part of my Twitter uh, <laughs> commentary. Who names the ship? Now, this is sci-fi. You think of like all of these like like technical names, you know, really like big, you know, Mass Effect Andromeda. Like they could have named it Andromeda. I would have been fine with that. Like name it something that is like that has a sci-fi connotation to it. Lewis and Clark. It was just like, okay, unless you're playing uh trying to do something with Superman, Clark Kent, Lois Lang. Or you are doing a street name, Lewis and Clark, and your friend with Hood, who knows that on Lewis is the main street. Clark is where the church is at. And when they interact, you know where you're going to find that Popeye's at. I just love this because it went completely over your head that they were talking about the explore the great American explorers, Lewis and Clark. I, I, I love it. <laughs> but who, they, like, oh, you go got you got you got to think. Look at look at all look at all look at all of our look at all of our naval ships. Look at our space shuttles, our our, our spacecrafts and stuff. Look at how they're named. They're named after historic things that are named after things that actually mean something to humanity. Like like I mean, shuttlecraft Atlantis, shuttlecraft Discovery, shuttle shuttle shuttlecraft Enterprise. Uh, we have we have naval ships that are named after presidents uh, in the United States. We have we have we have uh, we have warships that are named after cities. You know, in 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 the in our country and stuff like that. Okay. You I just kind of you that. just kind of you just kind of missed the overall theme there. You know what? Bless bless you. But, but the thing about <laughs> it is, but without knowing so much sci-fi or knowing that history, if a movie goer goes there because they like Lawrence Fishburne, they they love the characters and they just like, oh, I I, I want to see this thriller, this horror thriller kind of movie. If you heard Lewis and Clark, you would have been like, wait a minute. Did Ed, you just did you, name a street name to Ed, this? Did you did you fail third grade social studies? That's no, how that's I how in, that's how ingrained that's how ingrained Lewis and Clark is in most in most of our our minds. Like we, they they never taught that in school. Uh, but, oh wait wait what? Yeah, they never talked. To, they the never Lewis and, the Lewis and Clark expedition. We you know what we got. We're gonna have to make some B roll on this. I'm gonna have to. I'm at the school. You. <laughs> All right. So. So, as I was saying, the the crew is prepping to make a fifty six day trip to the uh, from Earth to Neptune, uh, and they're gonna have to do it in in technically hypersleep. Uh, uh, as everyone's getting ready, Weir makes the Weir makes the the observation that he doesn't really think Captain Miller cares for him that much. You know, it's kind of it's kind of foreboding at this point. Um, so the they start their trip. Of course, while in hypersleep, Weir has another nightmare. And we get a, and we get a more serious clue about the uh, about about his trauma revolving his wife and um and where he, when he sees her she is completely disfigured and talking about how she's waiting for him on the bridge. All right, uh, we make it to we make it to Neptune and Miller's crew is also actually 
hold on. We make it to Neptune, and while everyone's being woken up, we get an official. I got to make sure I do this for Ed because Ed also had a problem with. Uh, Ed also had comments about this one. We get the official intro for Doctor Weir to the crew, which Ed made the observation that, uh, that Doctor Weir already knew them. <laughs> and <laughs> and I'll say this uh, because uh, because it's something that a lot of people will they see it but they don't always understand it and it's a it's a trope in movies in all honesty because because sometimes in the storytelling like they realize they realize someone they jumped ahead too fast and uh, the audience doesn't know the crew so they have to do a let's let's introduce the crew even though we're forty minutes into the movie. <laughs> And so that's where that introduction where when Dr. Weir, get, you know, gets told who the, each of the characters are, which, by the way, I'll do the I'll do the roll call for the characters right now. Uh, as I said earlier, uh, Captain Miller's uh, Lawrence Fishburne, Sam Neill's Dr. Weir. But Kathleen Quinlan is the uh, is the is the medic officer uh, uh, by the name of Peters. And then we have Lieutenant, uh, Lieutenant Stark, who's uh, jo- played by Jolie Richardson. You may know her as the wife from um, Nip Tuck, uh, but she um, but she's the. Uh, She's the first officer, and I, and I actually love her. But uh, my favorite character in the movie is uh, is Cooper, played by Richard T. Jones. <laughs> that dude is a trip. Yeah, he he is the sexy com- comic relief, in a sense, <laughs> because I like of course because the opening the opening line the, op- the first line we hear from him is uh, "Doctor, you want something hot and black in you?" And he's talking about coffee. <laughs> I well, we think he's talking that. about coffee. I had to rewind that and be like, what did you just say? And then listen to it again and be like, oh, please say this again and do it again. <laughs> like, I, yeah. But he could get it. I, I'm, he's already on this. That I'm like, yep, you could get this. But g- continue to go for it. Mm-hmm. Then we have then we have the youngest member of the crew, uh, 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 Justin, played by Jack Noseworthy. Uh, Sean, uh, Smith, played by Sean Pertwee, which he's like he's like one of the engineers. And um, and actually, if I'm not mistaken, I think Sean Pertwee was one of the um, was one of the prisoners in, in Alien Three. If I'm not mistaken, I have to look it up because uh, I, I should have looked it up beforehand. But you know, and then um, and then we got another character by the name of DJ, who's also kind of like a field medic, uh, and he's played by the awesome and be brilliant Jason Isaacs, who everyone knows recently as playing Captain Lorca from Star Trek Discovery. You know what he looks before he before the uh, Discovery stuff. He has done some work in other movies because he oh, looked he, familiar. Oh, he's a he's a long running actor. He's a long running actor. He's been in stuff for a long while. I kind of like how he they gave him. Uh, so there's a point where they're listening to a tape, and he's able to diagnose uh, what language they're using and kind of speak it. I was just like, oh, oh, you, oh, yeah. You, oh, you, oh, oh, he wasn't that smart. It was just Latin. He wasn't that smart. <laughs> but it was, but it was just like, oh, you in 2047, you think that you would be able to put this on the screen and you know kind of fix the audio stuff no he was able to hear and be like oh i i get what they're saying and then was able to tell everybody well you got well you got you got to think about it man sci-fi sci-fi movies in the past you know made it made us humanity seem like we were going to be super smart i mean just look at the election right now are we that smart (laughs) i mean well no i'm not gonna say look at the election right now look at look at who the possibly outgoing president of the united states is do you think we were that smart Where's that burger burger at that I was eating earlier? Uh, Continue to go forth. Okay, okay, okay. All right, uh, all right. So, 
uh, what we'll find out later on in the movie is that Miller's crew is also haunted by their own their own uh, sets of demons and traumas themselves. But the crew gets debriefed by uh, by Weir uh, and, and about what's going on with the uh, with the Event Horizon, and they actually have a hard time believing the news of their mission because number one, the Event Horizon was technically in the history books as lost in space from a from an accident and the uh, reactors exploded. Like uh, Weir explains that, that was all a cover-up, though, because what really happened is the ship was deemed lost in space after doing an initial test of its uh, of its uh, ship's uh, propulsion drive. Uh, the Event Horizon has a special propulsion system that allows their ship to trans to travel faster than light by using a form of space folding uh, uh, travel. Before the sh- go ahead. Before you get into that, mm-hmm. when you get to the point where Justin goes in that one room, oh, we're not we're not we're not, we're not there yet. I know when you get to it, I have major questions because okay. this just yes. Go ahead. All right, cool, cool. All right, uh, all right. Uh, before right, uh, right before Earth loses tra- loses track of the ship, though, a transmission is intercepted with uh, and it's and it's, and it's got playback of the crew uh, just screaming in a uh, screaming in agony with a crewman with a crewman uh, begging someone to save me in Latin. Uh, as a matter of fact, the line was "Liberate, liberate me." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. So Lewis and Clark, Lewis and Clark make it to Neptune, uh, but the gravity storms are that surround the planet uh, gives it makes it mostly a rocky ride. The Event Horizon's orbit is decayed to the point where it's within the atmosphere of the ice giants. So as the Lewis and Clark is trying to make his approach to get to to the uh, to the Event Horizon, they almost collide with the Event Horizon. <laughs> <So> <laughs> And that was a really tense scene because it was one of those ones where, like, as we're watching it, like uh-huh. this ship is just enveloped by like clouds and like there's lightning flashes all over the place because of the ice because of the ice storms of of, uh, of Neptune itself and stuff like that. So it was a it was kind of a really rocky scene. And yeah, I will admit there was a little bit of overacting there because the way they were kind of screaming, you know, yeah, <laughs> about some of that stuff. I was like, okay, y'all could have dialed it back just a little bit. <sighs> But at, the same, but at the same time, I, I do convey that, you know, like, if they had crashed into that ship, they would have been done. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, the ship that, okay, so, Lord, Captain Miller, which is Lawrence Fishburne, the the uh, seat that he was in, in the cockpit, that was such, like, a Six Flags Great America seat. <laughs> you know... Like, you know, I thought about that scene. Just like what six flag shares. I thought about that seat, and I'm I'm trying to figure out the ergonomics and how that seat's supposed to function. I guess it's supposed to be one of those things because, like, we've we've watched Star Trek where, like, when the ship takes a hit or takes a hard roll, everybody just rolls out their out their seats yeah. and thrown out. And I'm thinking that whoever came up with that design is supposed to be to keep the captain in one place so he can see what's going. But I'm like, man, you're right. It looks like it looks like you're about to get like zoomed up a roller coaster in that in that seat. That bug was twirling around. I was just like, wait a minute. Hey, it was. Hey, it was probably fun to film in though. Oh heck yeah! It was probably fun to film in. I wonder how comfortable it was. <sighs> All right, so. uh so after almost colliding with the event horizon, Lewis Clark manages to success, successfully dock with the ship. And then Miller, Miller, Justin, and uh, Peters uh, are actually the first to abort the event horizon. Upon boarding, they discover that there's a whole lot of explosives around the, uh, cor- around the main corridor of the ship, which that will become apparent later why that's there. Um, and, uh, and they split up. Uh, Justin heading to the engineering section. Peter's heading to the bridge, and uh, and Miller himself uh, taking a look around, taking a look around the general areas of the ship. 
when Justin makes an engineering, that's when things start to get weird. Uh, Peter's Peter's encounters a mutilated corpse on the bridge, which looks strikingly similar to what Doctor Weir saw in his dream at the opening of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you Did you want to say something? This is when the Metroid Fusion part comes in. Uh, that uh, I mentioned. So Metro Fusion is a Metroid game that came off for Nintendo DS. And kind of when you land in the planet and stuff, um, it's kind of cold and kind of empty. And uh, you get to this one point section where you kind of get the power turned on. But I'm going to save that part for when we get to a certain part. Go on. You know, so now just at the Metro Fusion part, I'm wondering which character in that movie was the SAX? <laughs> which, by hmm. the way, which by the way was one of the best Metroid villains. Oh yeah, <sighs> the SAX was one of the best Metroid villains. Ever. I was scared of it at every cost. <laughs> Man, all right, all right. So, so back now, to that's a horizon. true survival horror thriller of a game. Actually, but, yeah, but... they they did it, did it for for a sixteen bit. Well, actually, it was more like a thirty two bit esque era game, actually, because the Game Boy Advance is way more advanced than the Super Nintendo was. But uh, but yeah, it's funny how that little pocket game actually did something for like suspense. And it was and, and it was and it was honestly an action game. That's the crazy part. Yes. Yeah. I I mean we need we need a team to make more Metroid games. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. All right. So back to the movie when uh. When Justin examines the ship's engine core, the core activates, and Justin, who's been tinkering around with the insides of the core, because at this point the core has actually laid itself wide open and, and is flat, and looks like and looks like a dark mirrored mirrored surface to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. But as he looks into it, all he sees is nothingness. So Justin reaches out and is just playing around with the with the substance of the uh, of the of the core. Okay. And, so oh, before we get to that, okay. So Justin opens up the door, or he somehow gets the door open, and he said, "Wait a minute, let me get the power going on." Okay, one problem: you already got a light shining in the room, so there's some power already there. Two, if you look closely to the movie, the little engine thing that they got uh is moving around already without no power. So it's just like, wait a minute. What power do you need if this thing is already moving? The main power, like 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 a lot of ships. And see, this is this is my nerd coming out right now. A lot of a lot of ships like that have auxiliary systems because, like, if 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 uh, if you have if you have a ship like that, like if it goes down with no power, I mean, like absolutely no power at all. Like the ship is just basically dead at that point. Like there's nothing. There's not going to be a whole lot you can do. As a matter of fact, you're going to have to do external stuff to get to get the thing back back to life for in most so- parts. So the thing, so the thing about it is, why is that engine thing running around itself? Where, because, because then they say the ship had no power at all, or they just didn't. Okay, so if the ship don't have no power, why is this thing moving? Like, I feel like I feel like they you have to leave. I I feel like they leave it up to our imagination because when we find out when we find out what's up with the power core, I guess we're I guess at that point it's left to us to. Uh, finally be able to understand why this is the only thing that's technically like alive and kicking on the ship. But, but it was it was just so weird that he was just like I don't know yet. I, I Let me try to get some power going on in this thing. And it was just like, what power? I'm like, this thing is, first of all, it's moving on its own. So it's already 
is this thing power in itself? And if it's power, you just answered the question. I'm <laughs> like, if it's power in itself, is there a separate line of power now? Because I'm like, is there two lines of power? Because there is uh, Most there's of- something that Sam Neill does later on in the movie that really that connects to part of the ship. But we'll get into it. Okay. All right. The only thing, the only other thing I'm going to say is most most ships have secondary and tertiary systems and stuff like that. Even even naval ships today, like, oh, as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, um, I can't remember for sure, but um, I remember there was a there was an interview of some of the, some uh, a recent interview of some of the astronauts, and uh, and they were talking about how like how like there's best example. Did you see the movie Gravity? Sandra Bullock. She was stuck in space, like an asteroid hit hit her hit hit the space station. No, I didn't. Oh, that movie explains it. That that movie actually explains it. They talk about how like how like they have to have secondary and 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 tertiary third systems mm-hmm. and stuff like that because like the last thing you need is to be absolutely without any means of like survivability or anything or anything like that if you're stuck there. And that's that that, that kind of explains it. It's it's one of those things where like you don't have to have to have an engineering degree, but you know, you sometimes you have to have like a really basic understanding and, you know, not a lot, not a lot of moviegoers get it, which is why a lot, which is why a lot of times. And I feel like this is one of the, this is one of the places where event horizon kind of fell short. It didn't do enough to explain some things to the audience. You know, mm-hmm. it left a lot to the audience imagination. And I think that's because Paul Anderson had the feeling had uh, you know, was running under the assumption that anyone who's seeing this movie is coming to see a horror movie and, and, and knows what science, science fiction movies are about. Uh, that's what that's what I'm thinking. I was thinking that oh, this is a room that Britney Spears has done a <laughs> video in. What is this room? This is nonsense. Wait a second. When did Oops I Did It Again come out? <laughs> I'm curious now. When did Oops I Did It Again come out? Because that's what you're talking about, isn't it? <laughs> it, it? It literally looked like like it was a space like or the Buster Rhymes video with Janet Jackson. Uh, what's oops, it going I to did, be? Oops, I did it again. Came out in 04. So, uh, so if anything, Britney copied that. Britney's crew copied that seven years later. <laughs> no, but oops, I did it again was in the Catholic school. No, that was baby one more time. It's oops, I, when she was in the red leather. Yeah, leather. Yeah. Okay. I, sorry, I got it confused. <laughs> sorry. All right. All right. So after tinkering with the insides of the core. Uh, Justin is suddenly yanked through or yanked through a portal, which which uh, which sends off a shockwave throughout the event horizon. The shockwave has enough force that not only does it jar the inside of the event horizon, it also cripples the uh, it also damages and cripples the Lewis and Clark, which is still tethered to the big to the uh, to the giant ship. And okay, forces- we, and uh-huh. this is the part mm-hmm. where I had to stop the movie in Yale, and I'm not trying to be racist. White white people do the stupidest stuff <laughs> because you didn't. Ha- he didn't have to go in. I know why he why he had to do it because of the movie and the plot and blah blah blah. But in logical sense, common sense, black folk common sense, the urban side that came out <laughs> watching this movie <sighs> had to pause and yell out. And I didn't. Tw- and I didn't tweet this. Had to yell out. You didn't have to go in and do anything. It cut itself on. You should have left out, got your captain, and y'all should could should have got the people onto the ship and been like, "Doctor, the thing cut on by itself." Do you can you explain something like mm-hmm. this? That's mm-hmm. all you have that's to do. That's a lot. That's a logical thing to do. But I mean, once again, I, I mean, 
I mean, I'll be honest with you. I have a small bit of curiosity, but uh, there's no way in hell I would have stuck my hand inside of it. I was just I, like I have a I have a small bit of curiosity. I will say that like if I walk into a room and a ship that's supposed to be without power all of a sudden some things start turning on, I may look at a console or something and be like, okay, why did why did it start up on its own like that? But I'm not gonna actually like stick my hand inside of you know a pitch black portal. <laughs> he should have became gay at that time. And just, wow! And, and just look at it, see wow. something going wrong, be like, child, this is not for me. Turn around and walk away. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So, uh, so uh, the shockwave, the shockwave damages Lewis and Clark to the point where the crew has this to. This was the, rest the, the most crew. bunkers mess. So it messed up the ship, but not like I said, not the room that Lawrence Fishburne was in. Because Lawrence Fishburne, he was just like got hit back into the wall. Like, the, and I'm just like, hold on, wait a minute. So, Bertie, anything got destroyed in that room, anything got messed up, and Lawrence Fishburne just flew back and hit the wall. This thing destroyed, like, a whole engine and stuff on the other ship. I'm like, wait, this doesn't make sense. Like, he was closer to the force, the whatever thing that knocked him back. He was closer to it, so why did it do little damage and the ship got more damage. Well, um, I think I think in this case the Lewis and Clark is more like a rescue ship, so it's probably not it's probably not um, fortified the same way the deep space vessel that the Event Horizon is. That's that's my opinion. Like I mean, like I like uh, like in the Navy in the Navy I dealt with tugboats and and stuff like that, you know, and um, and yeah, those ships are sturdy to a certain extent, but they can't they can't just take the damage that like the the actual like the actual battleship that I was on stationed on and stuff like that. So that's probably that's probably where that came about. But also if you look at the two ships, Lewis and Clark look like an old rickety ass ship in the first damn place. It did. <laughs> it looked like it came from I mean, one of those it, uh, it, it didn't look the yeah, my little golden books. That's what it looked like. It came out from. <laughs> it didn't look like anything glorious. It didn't look, you know. Well, here's the thing I know about it. Like captains and crew and crews, they have their pride in their ship. So even if it looks like a, a bucket, you know, they have pride in it. Yes, <laughs> that, that is true. Yes, that is true. They have pride in it. You know, it's, it's just like come on. It's just like a little. It's just like when you have a little push and go car. Like it might not be much, but it's your car, and you're usually proud of it. Even if you call it, even if you're calling it a piece of shit. <laughs> All right. So the crew has had to evacuate to the event horizon because at this point the Lewis and Clark is becoming unsustainable. Hull breaches have caused have caused atmosphere to vent out in the space. Uh, the engine is unsustainable right now as well, meaning that meaning that they are marooned there if they cannot repair the ship. Uh, uh, Cooper is able to to rescue. Uh, yeah, Cooper is able to rescue Justin um, and, and arrives in the core room right as Justin is being thrown back out of the <laughs> of the portal. Uh, Justin is now in a completely catatonic state from being from his time being spent inside the ship's core. It's not explained how long he was in there, but whatever amount of time it took, because the, the crew had already evacuated, whatever amount of time it took for Cooper to get to the engine room is however long that Justin was stuck in that portal. After powering up the event horizon, the crew faces the possibility of being stranded with with only 20 hours of air left uh, because they've discovered that the o that the CO2 scrubbers on the ship have gone bad and they, they're not going to be able to repair those uh, in any amount of time to save themselves. Um, it's been explained that the gravity core creates an artificial black hole, which might have been where Justin was pulled inside. Uh, 
Weir begins to become seduced by the power and mystery of the ship's engine core. Uh, this is very important to take note of because at this point, Weir was mainly Weir is the chief designer of the uh, of the ship's engine core. He's also he's also the lead of the uh, of the entire project of the Event Horizon. And what started out as curiosity for him to find out what went wrong is now becoming like he's on he's he's on his baby, and he needs to find out what happened, but he also needs to not let it go. So just just take just take that to note. All right, in the medical bay, Peters has began to see things that aren't there as the ship itself is starting to turn everyone's traumas against them. Doctor Weir uh, is is continue is starting to be tormented by by his by his dead wife as he's seeing hallucinations as he's trying to make repairs and analyze what's going on with the ship. And Miller is confronted one time by a man engulfed in flames that keeps taunting him. Now, this is the non cynical part. You know you already on the ship. You know the stuff is not real. What is like keeping you guys hypnotized and about all of this? Like you know the stuff is not real, but then but yet you're infatuated like oh like oh, I can't believe this is happening. Oh, because there's a part where um I had to uh, look at my notes um, because this is the part where they were in the medical room with Justin. He was laying down, mm-hmm. um, and then you know like, you see this kind of like little tit thing banging oh, yeah. with sounds. Yeah, Peters. Yeah, yeah. When yeah, when Peter sees it. Yeah, and so the, you know it's getting slow. It's getting. She's walking. She keeps hearing these sounds, and then she pulls pulls the thing out, and she sees her son. Now, once again, white people doing dumb stuff. You are, you know, your son is a with the dad because you two. She talked about it with Miller on the uh, on the Lewis and Clark. Yeah, the LC. That's what that kid should have named it. Actually, LC. actually, that's what that's what I, in my notes I have them abbreviated as LC and EH. Okay, <laughs> so the LC. And he couldn't transfer, he couldn't make the transfer where she could get back to her son. And, you know, she made it. So she already, we already established that. Mm -hmm. So with, you know, you're in space, you're on an abandoned ship. You, it's been dark. It hasn't been touched. Weird things. You you find a, you find a CD player with a CD in it. Oh, goodness gracious. Oh, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. The movie was the movie was done in 1997. Stop it. See, this is exactly it, it, ladies and gentlemen of the audience, this is exactly why I was like, I will run this one tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you see a CD player, and luckily it didn't say Panasonic or JVC, you know, the attachable <laughs> ones that you put in your car. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, keep going. <laughs> and you know. When she unravels and she sees her son now, she should have said, "This is this not ha- this shouldn't be happening. You should be running away like literally." Um, and then it, I was just like, "You know, this is not real." Well, just well, just remember, just remember, the ship is playing on people's traumas and any of their demons that they're carrying around. And and let's be honest with you, depending on when your where your state of mind is at, like like your mind can play tricks on you. 
So I guarantee you, like she was already she was already hyper hyper depressed, you know, that she had to leave her son behind for six months because uh, because it's explained earlier and explained earlier in the movie that, you know, like because of the special nature of this mission that they were ordered to to forego their forego their um, their uh, their liberty, their liberty mm-hmm. time to take on this mission. They, there was no they couldn't get out of it, you know, and things like that. So there was not enough time for for Peters to actually be able to, like, get cycled out, you know, for her time to go see her son, you know, spend time with her son and her family. Um, and then, you know, like I said, like Sam Neill's character, Dr. Weir, he's been he's been carrying the torture of what's been going on with his wife. Uh, which we're which we will get into that a little bit further in, into the recap in a moment because I don't it's a pivotal scene that I don't want I don't want to give it away just yet before it's time, okay. um uh and then um and then did we see some we haven't those are the only traumas we've seen at that point up to that point so you know it's all about where your where your mental state's at remember a few weeks ago when we were talking about like you know like when I was a kid and I had night terrors watching aliens and stuff like yeah. that and and it messes with my mind I'm a 45 year old man and there's sometimes when I catch myself in the shower and I get freaked out about something. <laughs> because of a scene in one of the alien movies it's it's weird you know we have irrational fears as humans or we have stuff that you know like it just beats beats us down you know and it's kind of why I, I was glad that we talked about the um about the uh, world mental health day uh, a few weeks ago on the crossroads yes. podcast because yeah you know like you never know what people are dealing with sometimes and and this movie if you take away the horror aspect of the movie this movie is definitely a good a, a good uh diorama about mental trauma and, and mental trauma, abuse, and all that stuff. You know, there's 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 some heavy there's some heavy topics in there. If you know, if you weren't thinking of watching a horror movie. Okay, so so yeah, so Peters has began to see things. Uh, basically, while she's in the med bay, watching over watching over Justin. Uh, yes, there as Eddie mentioned, there's a, there's a tent in there, and she can hear like somebody scraping on the inside of the tent. When she goes to pull back the curtain on the tent, she sees her son, which. Yeah, he shouldn't be there. But what she sees next is really what starts really eating away at her mind because she looks down and his legs are completely mutilated and 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 it and it just rocks her to her core. Um, uh, after learning that everyone is becoming overwhelmed with hallucinations, Stark in a moment in a moment speaking with Miller uh, theorizes that the ship is actually reacting to them being there. And it's only going to get worse. And that was, and honestly, like I, I, I love the fact that Stark, you know, pulled Miller aside, and she was like, and and he's sitting there trying to get rational answers because the captain of the ship, that's what you're supposed to do. You need to have rational answers. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, I don't really have a rational answer for you, but I do have a theory, and this is the theory. And as she's saying it, you can see the realization on Miller's face that some of it does make sense because things have been going wrong since the very moment they stepped and on the ship. And he should have been karate chop in his throat. Because the next line that he said, well, go find some more evidence. She has already told you weird stuff has happened. Miller's, in my opinion, Miller was the last person to like, and you know, get hit by the psychosis of what's been what what's being endured by the rest of the crew. In my in my opinion, um, I mean, he's if you look at all, if you look at the cast of characters, I want to say he's one of the strongest characters in there. We never saw we we never see throughout the movie, we never see Cooper. You know, have a, a psychotic event. Actually, no, no. Cooper does have a psychotic event, but that's that's real late in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Stark has a couple of st- psychotic events, and she's she's a pretty strong character. 
Uh, Peters was one of the first ones, though. You know, like she had she had mill breaks early because she had stuff going on, and of course, Doctor Weir had stuff going on as well. Uh, right. DJ DJ for the most part was keeping it together too, but he his mental breaks were a little more his mill breaks were a little more not mental but physical because the stress is getting to him to the point where he was starting to become violent. Okay, think about Lieutenant Stark. Sixty five percent of the movie she wasn't in this. Like I yeah, she wasn't in a lot of scenes, honestly. I'm just like, oh yeah, you she's recording another movie because she <laughs> like she is just nothing is happening to her at all until honestly, like literally yeah. close to the end. I'm glad you mentioned that because honestly, it felt like the it felt like the Miller Weir Peters uh, D, uh DJ show, honestly. Yes, it felt like it felt like it was more on those four characters than anybody else in the movie. Um. And definitely Peters. I think Peters for honestly, she was the one that was being mostly terrorized throughout the whole movie. Yeah, yeah, she had the most going on. It's, it's you know I'm starting to see a lot of parallels between this movie and Alien, the the original Alien, and yeah. I'll get into the, I'll get into that shortly uh, because there was a parallel with Peters that I was like, man, you ripped this entire scene out of out of Ridley Scott's Alien movie. All right, so, um, so, uh. After having after the conversation between Stark and the captain, and the captain's like, "Okay, we gotta figure some stuff out." We head back to the med bay where Peters has just lost track of Justin, uh, and, but she un- she's unable to have time to react to the fact that Justin is no longer in the med bay because okay. the ship has another episode, which forces her to flee the medical bay where she runs across DJ and Stark, and then DJ and Stark also get overwhelmed by the episode too. And this is the cliche movie shot. So Peters, she walks to the left, camera moves to follow her. You still see Justin's body. She turns around and starts walking to the left, to the right. She's passes Justin's body, and Justin's body is out the shot. It's just Peters still thinking. She turns around to go back to the left. Now, anyone who knows that if a dead body <laughs> or a body that's that's unconscious is in a shot for one part, not in a shot for the next part, you know that body's going to be gone. And what happens? That body disappears. <laughs> I was just like, this is the most cliched mess. In the thing, because the Isn't thing about it is, it the thing about it is, is that mo- with with movie shots, with editing, um, if they show one thing and then the same thing is not reversed, where you can still see the body or still see something, you won't know that a difference is about to happen, or a difference is a difference will happen. When she came back, I was when when she went to the right and they cut his body out. I already knew. I'm like that body is gone. <laughs> and what happens? She looks I mean, and she I'm, looks puzzled. I mean, the average. Well, I mean, come on, just like like I said, put yourself in put yourself in that character's place. Like you oh, look okay. You, I would have heard footsteps. I'm 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 hitting are something you sure? metal. Yes. Are you sure you would have heard footsteps? Because he was on the table barefoot. 
Right. So when when she when he would have got down, you would have hurt some metal stuff. You're in a ship that's been gone for a whole bunch of years. You mean to tell me that you could just jump down and on some metal and not make a sound? Ed, I'm I'm six foot three, weigh two hundred and forty pounds, and I and I and my roommates swear I slink around this house. Like I am so quiet and I go up and down stairs. <laughs> but you probably on carpet when you get out the bed. Yeah, but still, like, I mean, the floor still has ways of letting you know someone's moving around. You're jumping down for metal. If don't forget, on a bed like that, you're standing up, uh, you're standing almost three feet off the ground. So you gotta jump down to hit something. So you would have been able to hear something. How in the world that <laughs> you don't know music is playing? You're thinking like this, and your your hearing is so bad that you don't hear. That somebody got up and jumped down. Would have heard some metal. You mean to tell me that he's been possessed, not able to say anything, and he just disappeared, and you don't hear nothing? It's possible. So, everybody, my urban side. So, so, <laughs> a frantic Peters uh, runs and, and hooks up with DJ and Stark, and then the craziness happens because because uh, Peters immediately closes the door behind her because something is obviously chasing her, and DJ and Stark are like, what the hell's wrong with you, girl? And then all of a sudden, something starts banging on the, on the door that she just closed, like completely destroying and warping the metal and stuff like that. And now everybody's in the, in the throes of a, of a psychotic episode to say the least <laughs> uh, while all that's happening also inside the room is dr weir who's just been sitting there just taking it all in and he's starting to lose his grip on reality as well and dr weir is like no just open the door and just and just zombie walks to the door to the point where dr uh, where lieutenant stark basically accosts him and like basically she it looks like she was about to rip his arm out of his socket yes the way she got him and it was so cool actually <laughs> <laughs> because he immediately snapped him out of whatever was going on. <laughs> Which, yeah. All right. As it seems like, it, but it seems like the event where where Stark actually wrenches the doctor's uh, arm to the point where he snaps out of it actually puts everything back to normal too. Because it's, because as soon as they realize there's no threat, alarms start going off, and they discover that Justin has actually slipped uh, slipped out of the med bay and made it into an airlock into the main airlock where his psychosis is finally starting to play on him. And, uh, and it's at the point where he's getting ready to get himself vented out in the space. Uh, there's a, there's a quick scene where basically everyone's trying to, everyone's trying to re get him to come back inside. And for whatever reason there is, he, act Justin activates them, the main airlock and it's a rescue attempt at this point because he's about to get vented out in the space. Uh, Miller has already suited up. And is outside, and he's like, and he's ready to intercept uh, Justin as soon as he gets blown out of the airlock. It was kind of a gruesome scene. Now, if you guys, if you guys are, if you guys are kind of squeamish about a lot of blood and stuff, like trust me, like uh, like when his body starts reacting to the lack of to lack of atmosphere inside with the decompression inside the shuttle bit uh, inside the airlock, it's 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 a it's a sight to see because. Because like his uh, his veins and his capillaries just start engorging themselves because the blood the blood is still flowing to him but but it's at a point where like his his vascular system is not doing right and then the next thing you see his capillaries start start rupturing to the point where he's bleeding out of his eyeballs. 
So uh, Miller gets outside the airlock from the other side right as soon as the door is open. Justin winds up getting vented out in the space, but Miller is able to save him, get him back into the airlock. But now he's, he's suffering compression, decompression damage and stuff like that. Uh, and uh, that was, like I said, that was a heavy scene. That was a heavy scene. Like I'm, I'm squeamish on gore, and I was like, oh. <laughs> this was so comedic. This was the Friday the 13th Part 4 3D movie of blood. Like, this was so video gaming that it was weird. First of all, he should have been dead within three seconds. Um, the way that it was out. But because it's movie magic, okay, I guess fine. Miller is running like, okay, this is this is literally dead space at this point. Oh, and, it's, funny, it's funny you said that. <laughs> and okay so he's running and he's jumping and I was just like there is possibly no way that Miller is that Miller is moving that fast to catch him to get him back in the door so that he could save his life like all that blood that's coming out that that should have been quick in all, um, in, all, in all honesty I've, I've, I've heard that in zero in zero gravity like a small amount of a small amount of liquid looks like a ton of it because of the way it the because there's no gravity and there's nothing to bind it onto, so it looks like mm-hmm. there's a lot more than there actually is. Uh, as a matter of fact, I've seen um, I've seen I've seen like astro- like 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 videos from NASA where the astronauts are in space and they're actually eating and drinking stuff that, that are liquids, and it looks like it's a lot more than what it is because they'll show you the packet and the packet might be as big as this Reese this Reese's peanut butter cup container, mm-hmm. but when but when they open it up and the liquid comes out, it's like it's it's like a mass a massive amount of it and it's crazy. So um so. So I get what you're saying, but I think there was a little bit of realism in it because, like, remember, he's like shake, he's like shaking his head because he's freaking out. But, is, but isn't his mouth open also with it? And it's just like, okay, if your yeah. mouth is open, that's more air that's coming out. Like, like that should be like killing you quicker, shouldn't well, it? Well, remember, what Miller, remember, remember what Miller said though. Miller said, Miller said, as the air leaves the chamber. You need to like push all the air. Actually, it's um I've heard it, I've heard it a couple of times before. Like if you ever suck in a situation where you're about to lose, worry about to lose oxygen and stuff like that, the easiest thing to do to prepare yourself for the shock of it is to actually force force the rest of the air out of your lungs, and it helps decrease the shock to your system when 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 there is no more air. Mm-hmm. I've heard this I've heard this a few times before. I've never I've never put myself in a situation where I need to do that. <laughs> but uh but yeah so um. So Miller's able, Miller's able to save DJ, but but at this point DJ's uh, had so much trauma that the only thing they can do is put him into uh, put him into a medically induced coma and put him inside one of the hypersleep chambers and and hope for a miracle at this point. Uh, after that, Miller confronts Doctor Weir again. This is like a running theme in the movie now. Like every it seems like every time something hits the fan. Miller is going to Jack Weir up, uh, but this he's trying to get more answers. But at this point, it's really just it's really just unknown if Weir can even explain what's happening anymore. Uh, Weir's tried his best to explain a few times, and looks like even the science is evading him at this point now because he doesn't know exactly what happened, okay. what's going on with the ship. So why did? First of all, he should have turned into uh, his father form from Boys in the Hood. And oh, smack it smacked oh, Weir up and said, N word, what the F is going on? Like he should have just like Lawrence I, Fishburne had the chance to really like 
I think Lawrence Fishburne, uh, Lawrence, this this movie was a few years after What's Love Got to Do with It, so I think he was trying not to just be that angry black man that could play Ike Turner. <laughs> That's what I think. I don't know. Samuel L. Jackson would have cussed him out. Oh, yes. Hey, we would have been here for it. <laughs> oh, Deep Blue Sea. Uh... <laughs> Remember, the shark, bit his, the shark bit his arm off, and he was still cursing people out. <laughs> Uh, I actually went to go see that movie in theaters, and we was we was all dancing at the side for LL Cool J last song because we we, Deep Blue Sea is a is a sight to watch. But Deep Blue Sea, that was okay. You know what you say? You said Event Horizon is camp, but I feel like Deep Blue Sea was actually camp, a hundred percent (laughs) camp. To the, to the point where the Boy Scouts come out in that mug. That's how camp yes, it is. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so after his confrontation with with Weir, uh, Miller Miller storms off storms off the ship to get some time to himself. Is 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 immediately bombarded with another hallucination of a crewman that he served with on a previous ship who had died in the zero G fire. Uh, pay, uh, pay pay attention to that because that comes back a little bit later on in the film. Uh, DJ. Uh, finds the captain, and, he, and he's had more time to study the last signal from the event horizon, and he tells the captain that he originally translated the call for help wrong. Instead of it saying, save me, it was a plea to anyone listening to save yourself from hell. All in Latin. <sighs> okay, so it's it's now obvious that when the event horizon left our solar system, it entered a new dimension, possibly traveling to hell and then bringing something back with it. Uh, this is all speculation. We get a little bit of religious religious uh, philosophy in that as well because it's one of those situations where at this point it's like, okay, what do we believe now? You know? Yes. Yeah. Um, all right. Cooper and Smith have nearly completed the repairs of the Lewis and Clark, giving uh, which gives them a, now a twenty minute window to be ready to leave and uh, to leave and yeah to leave the event horizon. Uh, this is their chance to get off the ship before anything anything crazier happens. Uh, while while they're prepping to get off the event horizon, which means they have to get Justin out of his hypersleep chamber and into the into another hypersleep chamber on the event horizon, they have to salvage uh, materials. To uh to make sure that the Lewis and Clark can survive the trip back to Earth at this point, uh, uh Stark and Peters are on the bridge like collecting uh, collecting some more information because it, this was supposed to be a rescue slash salvage attempt for the Event Horizon, but they discover they they discover the the remaining flight logs uh the recordings of what happened to the Event Horizon crew right as it right as it uh, did its uh flight trip uh, with yeah. the uh, gravity system and they actually see the horrors that the crew endured at that point the rest of the crew the rest of the crew is brought on to it and they see it and then miller is like you know what we're getting the hell up out of here <laughs> miller gives the order to evac the event horizon and then once they have properly evacuated the event horizon they will destroy the ship with uh with, tact- with tactical missiles uh, and in the nightmare right there. Uh, of course, Dr. Weir protests, but he is no longer able to persuade Miller of anything otherwise that may actually get them to save the event horizon. So at that point, Weir just succumbs to the entire psychosis that the ship has been putting on him at that point. And then, and now we have our, our new villain of the movie. 
uh, as they're getting prepped to get uh, to get back to Lewis and Clark. Peters and Smith are collecting O2 canisters that will help that 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 will help prepare them for the trip home because they actually are going to need more oxygen canisters from all the air they the, the Lewis and Clark had lost when they uh, when the whole breaches has happened in the in the in the shockwave incident from Justin messing I with the portal. Have laughed at this part because it was so Willy Wonka with the sound effects on them popping. These candy cane things that they're grabbing look like the uh, bank of the Crayola those Crayola cram banks that you see in stores. <laughs> I was just like, what is this nonsense? <laughs> I was just like, wow. But this oh, please describe this death because Oh, oh this, yeah. Oh yeah, I'm about this, to. This I Awful left. I oh you uh, are I oh, you are a you are a terrible <laughs> terrible person. I literally get to it. Okay, okay, so sound effect came in my mind. Okay, so okay, so as uh, uh, to everybody listening to uh, to, uh, to this episode of Weekap, if you guys after I describe this, if you guys think Ed is a horrible terrible person, just hit me up on Twitter at Exodus eight zero three. And let's talk about this because uh, this is just bad. This is bad on Ed. You know, like I, like I'm swatting you on your back of your hand so hard. The next time I see you, bro. <laughs> All right. So, so Peter, P- uh, Peters and Smith are collecting the O2 canisters, and they're in extremely close proximity to the gravity drive, <laughs> to the drive core. And and at that moment, a ship has the ship has a newer, stronger episode. In which Peters this time is completely overcome with it and is completely lost in the hallucination about her son wandering on the ship. And and don't forget, just don't turn around for any of this to go get her back. To be like, where where did you go? What you talking about Smith? Oh, Smith. Smith had already Smith had already bugged out at that point. Like he was already freaking out. He was he was already complaining about he's too close to the gravity core. He was already complaining about the whole ship is just you know giving him the willies. And uh, and and he was at the point where he was like, you know what? Damn, we don't need oxygen. <laughs> we'll just go. And see, that's when the that's when the urban side of that character came in because he did all. But he should have realized. Wait, where- there was a woman. There was a woman behind me. Right. <laughs> he was just like yeah. Let her stay and then continue to dip off. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So, so Peters is now lost in, in hallucination about her son and she's chasing him throughout the ship. Uh, and, and this is the part where I was saying that this was basically like a, just another homage to Alien at this point because there's a scene as she's climbing up the platform or the, uh, up 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 a, up a ladder. Um, every, if anyone's watched Alien or knows just the classic sci-fi thing, we know what we're talking about. Where where we see the camera shows the cutaway of the of the uh, of the ladder, and you see a hand come up. And then someone pulls themselves up and peeks around, and it's just classic, like Ellen Ripley, like trying to make sure the xenomorph isn't on that level before she gets off the ladder and stuff like that. So yeah, so so Peters pulls herself up, and and in the distance she spots her son, you know, standing off, and uh, and and she's she's a little overwhelmed by everything because she's tired, she's exhausted, she wants to get off the ship and everything. She takes a few more steps to try and reach her son, and immediately falls down a falls down a chasm. And this is when the Super Mario Brothers death, when you fall into a pit, comes in. And, and I go fawful laughed. I was just like, oh my goodness. Do, 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 do. Like, this could have been a level of Sonic the Hedgehog also in this death. And I oh my God. 
bawled out laughing on the way that they killed her. It am, was I am utterly. Never, I, I am never recommending you another movie to watch. It never. was utterly never. hilarious. Because <laughs> it, it, it was just like, you would think that you're building up all this tension up with this entity, with the ship taking forms and placing things. And so you would think that she actually gets to her son in the sub but kill him. Yeah, a little bit cliche. Is that what you is that what you wanted? That's kind of how I, I wanted. I wanted, I wanted I wanted I wanted to actually be like, okay, if this thing is playing the tricks on your mind and stuff, the the entity that's doing that should be able to kill this human and you know and everything because it's already got him. No, this mug made a Mario Maker level and just let her die and fall into her death. <laughs> this was some. This literally was just hilarious. This is this is this is where we're at because like we're like we're 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 decently aged aged individuals now. Like I admit, I'm 45 years old. I've seen a, I've read a lot of stories. I've seen a lot of TV shows. I've seen a lot of movies. So you know, like this is this is this is the point. This we hit a point where like everything is obvious. And I get it. I'm 40, and I just just like I've seen stuff like this, so I know when it's paint by the numbers things coming because i'm just like okay this guy this movie only has 30 minutes okay y'all what's about the, to kill off the class so because what was, what's the last horror movie where like everything seemed refreshing i want to say the last horror movie i saw where everything seemed refreshing and, and like and like and like every kill every kill felt like it was out of the blue i think was the original final destination that's the last horror movie i can think of where every kill i could not predict you know what i mean hmm Except for, I, except for of course the fact when um when Stifler's character got his head chopped off by, by the license plate at the uh, at the railroad tracks. Oh, yeah, um, <laughs> I, I saw that one coming. <laughs> it was most with Final Destination here and everybody talk about this stuff. When there's long shots of stuff going on, that's when I knew. Um, well, I mean, yeah, you 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 knew someone was going to die at that point, but you didn't know what the death was going to be though. What was the one? What was did the you, one? Did you saw? did you know? Did you know home? Did you know homeboy is gonna get hung up in his bathroom shower? I did not expect no. that. I thought I thought the worst that was gonna happen was he was gonna slip on that water and crack his skull on the on the sink or the or, or the yeah. uh, or the uh, or the freaking toilet. <laughs> I did yeah. not see, I did not see like him getting like wrapped up around the neck and seeing and getting and seeing the ligature marks and seeing his capillaries burst in his eyes. I, but you know me, I'm 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 a little bitch when it comes to gore, so you know. <laughs> My, no, no, my no! Oh, oh Destin saw. I saw most of those coming, especially, especially I home, knew, especially home chick with the with the with the head clamp thing. You know, yeah. I I I knew that was gonna go bad. When they did the shot of the one man just sitting in the bed, like like ten minutes into the movie, I'm like, oh, he's the killer. Only reason why because he's the only person that's gonna be in this movie. They're doing the long shot of him while they're talking about some crazy nonsense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the killer and stuff. Yeah, and so. Yeah, I think the the one that I love as a horror movie, and I continue to recommend this. I don't recommend it follows. It follows made me furious. It it's, follows. It, it follows is a good movie though. It, it follows. It's a garbage of a movie. <sighs> it follows itself right into a garbage. Okay, you bed. you and I you and I have different philosophies for horror movies. So, That's what it is. I will say the witch is better than it follows. I hated the witch. I love the witch. I love the fact how how they play with religion, how they played around with uh 
Um, that was, not the Ten Commandments, play, the seven. Play, uh, them playing around with the them playing around with the religion was probably the most redeeming part of the movie. The, the mama, I was I was loving her acting no good fool. I was just like, yes, this is what happens when the demon get the black goat in a just. Everything about the witch I love. And yeah. everything about it, there was something about the witch that made me be like, okay, if you're if you know religion and you know parts of the Bible and or scripture and stuff, it plays well in this. We will get back into Event Horizon. Right. Right? Audience, um, audience, if you uh, if you believe that the witch was a was a, was a wonderful movie, please uh, hit us up hit us up on uh, at our at our handles and let's talk about it. I mean, personally, I didn't feel like it was it was a it was I felt like it was pretty whack. Uh, I. A movie I did like that came out about the same time was The Babadook. Which I need to watch. I heard oh, everybody like see, everybody said that movie. You know what? You know, don't say anything about the witch and she sees the Babadook. Okay. Um it follows when when they be the Scooby Doo gang at the end, I was just like, Okay, this this is Okay, that was dumb. That was dumb. That part was um, dumb. I will give you that. The, the, when they were sitting in the field and the guy was rocking and telling, not really breaking down what really what this why this ghost was happening. The the ghost thing was just uh, like, what is the? It's a mess. It was just a <laughs> utter mess, and okay. I just I just couldn't. All right. So so anyway, so Peters so Peters loses her footing and falls down a shaft to her death. To Super Mario Brothers' death. Stop it! <laughs> Stop it! All right. <laughs> moments later, moments later, Doctor Weir, who is retired to the engine room, discovers Peter's body, and at that point, at that point, he has his final psychological break, and we mm. actually, and we actually see what happens with his, uh, with his wife, uh, where, where he, where he actually, because he was, in, because he was entrenched in his work with the Event Horizon and stuff, she, uh, she committed suicide in their home, uh, because she was a neglected wife, and you know, you know, that's that's kind of bad. But uh, but the but that that suicide scene was rough for me. I, I you know uh yeah. Huh. So you instead know, of instead of just cheating on him or divorcing him or you know getting a boo thing, you know benefit with friends and stuff, she did this nonsense, and I was just like, okay, I understand why y'all did this to play the logical physical mind, but in a, in a real sense, white women, if you know that your husband. Who is a doctor who got some money is spending his time at work? You better a divorce him and get that check and get half of the house and make him play alimony. B shake go get a get you a brother. It's just like oh my or God. or <laughs> do a porn or something. Like keep yourself busy with any or some stuff. Like get you a life. If your man is not doing anything to give you a life, you go get your own. I'm just saying, this is Gala Philosophy 101. We will continue <laughs> with this podcast next time. Continue, LeBron. <laughs> Mr. That's Eddie, advice for the white Mr. women. Mr. Eddie, get that bag, Varnell. <laughs> and you you know, I already know that that Saturday when we do uh, Boss Push Podcast, that's going to be the next. They're going to be like, what in the world? I was just like, yeah, she's dope. Eddie, get that bag, Varnell. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, so, uh, Dr. Weir, Dr. Weir is completely overwhelmed by, by his tremors, uh, by his triggers, and, um, and, and, his, and his wife becomes manifest in front of him. And it's not, it's not sure if – we're not sure at this point if the ship did it or if he did it to himself, but he gouges his own eyes out. 
I'm just going to say he gouged his own eyes out. Okay, so this ship did it, and I will tell you why. Okay. Um, because there's a point where um, Dr. Rare gets onto the LC, mm-hmm. and uh, Justin um, is on it. Because Cooper is no, still just, in... No, no, Justin's dead. You're, from, you're thinking Smith. You're going to catch me Justin, Justin was the one that was that was speaking in Latin, right? No, 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 no. no. Justin was Justin no, is the kid. Justin is the kid. kid. So he's he's in the uh, capsule thing. Um, yeah. Smith, who was the uh, the flight, you know, uh, captain, whatever. Um, he is on the LC, and there is a shot oh, wait, where wait, 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 wait. We're, we're coming to that. We're coming to that. You're okay. going. You to, you're skipping ahead. You're skipping ahead. Continue forth. Okay. So, so, uh, so after she's coming to his hallucinations, Weir returns to Lewis and Clark and sabotages her by setting an explosive up on the ship. This is the part that you were, that you were getting to Mm. Smith. Smith is still on the ship and he's trying. And once he discovers, uh, that, that Dr. Weir has tried, is trying to sabotage the ship. Uh, he tries to find deactivates the bomb, but it's too late, and the Clark is utterly destroyed. All right, now oh. go ahead. Go now. Go ahead and speak it. Okay, so uh, Weir doesn't have any blood or anything on his hands. There is no dripping or anything that is around on there. So the when um, the wife told Weir to get down on his knees, mm-hmm. and all of that stuff was happening. The ship yeah. had manifest something to do this. Okay, so you believe so you believe the ship is what caused his eyes to get gouged out. Yes, because then there was a trans there's a transference of rear without his eyes, mm-hmm. has all of these cuts, and nothing is on his hands. First of all, when all of that is happening and Smith is on the LC, how in the world did they how in the world did we? There was blood. Was able- there was there was blood. I remember that because uh, when when Smith was trying to find the bomb, he saw he saw Doctor Weir's ID tag and it had blood on it, and then and then he looked and he saw where inside one of the um okay. I guess and I want to say that's okay. that makes that logical sense. But don't he has had blood on it? It's because of of the spirit or the the ghost whatever or, whatever whatever, whatever it is whatever the entity. Him. Um, had uh was doing all of that to him, so of course blood would be on him yeah. and everything. Okay. okay, so you would think you would think that this oh like okay, where's on the ship? Okay, first of all, when they left the LC to get to the event horizon, they were in spacesuits. How in the world was we're able to get from? Um, the power core mm-hmm. to the LC without no spacesuit. No, the do- does it, no, at that, no, does at it- that point, no, at that point, the docking, the docking umbilical was still attached to the two ships. Like you, could, right? Like they were able to still travel back and forth between right. two ships. But when they got without without right, without but suits. Got, right, but when they got to the sh- when 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 they landed there and got to the event horizon, they were in spacesuits. So how? Yeah, that's because there was no atmosphere on the other side of the horizon when they first got there. They had to start that stuff back up. Remember? Did they ever say that the atmosphere came back yeah. on? Because I didn't. I th- yeah, they did. My thing, because my thing is they had on their spacesuits, of course, still outside fixing the ship. Okay, I understand that. Cooper is still in his ship. 
uh, Smith is inside there. Yeah, the you think about the thing about it is, is that okay, y'all should have been able to see cameras or something where Smith was moving through the ship going to the LC. There's Spark should have been able to watch. Somebody should have been able to see this on camera if y'all turn everything on. How I was wondering that was the weirdest thing to be like. Okay. Okay. okay at this at this point at this point, let me let me go back here. Let me see because um okay, Captain Miller's outside the ship in a spacesuit. No, actually no. Miller was Miller was on the Miller was on the event horizon. Miller's on the event horizon. Uh, Doctor Weir is being being super creep at this point. Uh, Peters is dead. Stark is unaccounted for. We're going to get to that in a moment. Stark is unaccounted for. Cooper is still outside the ship doing the last-minute repairs because because uh, right when they repressurized the ship, there are still minor leakages and stuff. So he's outside still doing doing patch jobs. Justin's yeah. in, Justin's Justin's at this point is just no good. <laughs> right. DJ is in the med bay getting the rest of the supplies they need, and Smith is actually on the Lewis and Clark. So honestly, nobody really has like nobody really has an eye on anything if we look at it like that. Nobody really has an eye on anything, so they can't. So they, so they really wouldn't be able to track movement. So my thing is, could this entity just move fast enough, be quick enough, or is it like, or is well, it did it enc- encompass? Did it take over Smith's not Smith's? Did it take over Weir's body and Weir just walking like normal walking and able to just yeah. go anywhere he wants? Yeah, because well, if it's just well, like, but well, also, well, also, you gotta think Weir knows that ship like the back of his hand. He designed that ship. Yes. So if anybody knows how to move around that ship efficiently, it would be Dr. Weir. So Weir was able to plan, and this is this is budget reasons to get this movie to move along. Can can nobody hear in this place? Like this is a big like, this is a big bomb or whatever. Like you mean to tell me that he's able just to sit something down? From metal, metal, big heart metal, onto something that's metal, and you not be able to hear it at all. You don't got anything in your ear. Well, he might have something if in I'm, his ear or something. But I'm like, there's, you had to hear. You you said earlier that okay, of Miller, of of no, of Justin doesn't have on those shoes, mm-hmm. and he's able to get onto metal without making a sound and walking. Okay, you okay. You mean to tell me that Weir, who has on shoes, is able to walk around the ship with shoes on who should be able to make sounds because A, you have people running around in the captain's ship you're, captain's Ed, area you're, Ed, with you're, shoes you're, on that makes sound. Ed, so you're di- what you're is di- going di- on with this? <laughs> Ed, you're diagnosing the movie too hard because okay, if okay, if, if the movie if the movie has that much realism to it, nobody's gonna be entertained. I, I that's that's really what it is. <laughs> that's really what it is. Were we being entertained for the last forty five minutes of this movie? No, 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 no. No, what I'm no what what I'm saying is though, like if if the movie if the movie okay for every every question you asked, it was because like there needs to be realism. But if the movie was that realistic, minute by minute, the movie was an hour and thirty-five, an hour, an hour and thirty-five minutes and some change. Yeah. If the movie was realistic for that entire amount of time, people would have already walked out the theater. <laughs> well, okay, it's 
it's just so bonkers that the sound mixing in this thing that I mean, you made to tell me that stuff was just happening just to be happening because, of course, it's paid by numbers and it has to happen because it's got to get this movie moving along. You mean to literally tell me that you guys were able to put sound effects in this movie with people running and you're not able to do the sound effects without no music for this other section? Are we really doing this nonsense? Okay, continue. <laughs> All right. So after Lewis and Clark has been destroyed, uh, Miller Miller scrambles and tries to warn DJ that Doctor Weir is uh, that Doctor Weir is somewhere about the ship, and that Doctor Weir is now trying to trying to harm everybody that's left behind. Uh, but uh, but Doctor uh, but uh, but Miller's unable to save DJ because right when he warns DJ about Weir, Weir has already shown up in the med bay, and like and like I said, like it could be. The guy knows the ship like his back of his hand or something, or it could be that something supernatural is moving him throughout the ship at this point. But man, Doctor Weir got up on DJ fast. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, and uh, and and Miller is is stuck is stuck horrified to watch and listen as doc, as the scientist uh, ambushes DJ in the medical, completely vivisecting DJ and splaying him open for Miller to find moments later. Yes. That was also that was also a hardcore. That scene, was but- the best death. In this in this movie, I like the fact that that happened. I'm like that part is what makes sense in this movie as a as a death of killing the crew members with an entity like that. I was expecting more stuff like that to happen, and so it's that's fun. so I was I like that one. Now here's now here's a question. Here's a question though. Uh, why did Doctor Weir kill him? Kill DJ so badly like that? Because in all honesty. DJ was the one that was kind of that was kind of sympathetic to like Dr. Weir in the first place. I mean, I mean when Smitty attacked Weir because there was a fight scene. There was a fight scene when Smitty was when when Weir was trying to explain stuff to the crew about what's going on in the ship and Smitty just wasn't buying it. And Smitty actually attacks the doctor that DJ actually actually ambushes Smitty and puts a scalpel to his to his to his throat. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm sitting there like, man, why did the Dr. Weir do him so dirty? I mean, he could have killed him, but he did him dirty. It was it because it fits to me personally, it fits what an entity would do to a body. A to kind, kill a, a, a kind but, benevolent person, because DJ was benevolent as far as it as, does not, it doesn't matter what your characteristics is, you want to see how that body gets mutilated or gets killed. Like you are doing a you are doing a sci-fi horror thing. So when it comes to horror, the kill the kill has to be creative. And you have to look at the kill to be like wow. And so that may look his death made sense. The Super Mario <laughs> death did not make sense. <laughs> Here we go again. Okay. All right. So the final act sees Miller attempting to hunt down Dr. Weir. Uh, after discovering Stark unconscious on the bridge. By the way, like, where where Stark been at for the last 30 minutes? <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> Doing another movie. Weir, <laughs> Weir confronts Miller. And explain and finally explains what happens to the what happens to the event horizon because now that he's been completely possessed. Well, I'm saying possessed, but he's been completely overcome by the by what's been going on in the ship. He finally has the knowledge of what's been happening. Uh, after explaining everything to um, Doctor Weir, activate to Miller. Doctor Weir activates the uh, the gateway device, prepping the prepping the ship to take the rest of the survivors beyond the veil to where the ship was at when it was initially declared lost in space. <clears throat> While all this is happening, uh, Cooper, 
who unfortunately had been on the on the outside of the uh, of the uh, Lewis and Clark when it exploded, and he was thrown into space. And by and by a twist of fate, he was actually able to propel himself off of some leftover wreckage of the Lewis and Clark and make it back to the <laughs> to the event horizon. But Cooper makes it back, unfortunately, just in time. <laughs> <laughs> to surprise Doctor Weir, who shoots a, who shoots a harpoon gun <laughs> and breaches the hull, blowing Cooper back out into space. space. <laughs> I was just like, wow! Like okay. they, they now, made that's, that that's some camp. That that's some camp. That was some yes. camp. <laughs> but you know what? But you know what? With Cooper's character, though, like you know, at this point, it's like, man, how many more bad things can happen to this guy? Because that's really what it's been. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> All right, um, so let's see. Where was I? I lost my track here. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, so yeah, so so there's a hull breach. Uh, the atmosphere starts venting out in the space. Uh, Doctor Weir, who thought he was safe, you know, sitting in the captain's chair, the captain's chair gets ripped off of uh, gets ripped off of his harness, and and it gets basically sucked out in the space. But we never, but we don't find out. We believe that Doctor Weir's body has been sucked out in the space at this point. Uh, Miller Miller manages to save Stark. Uh, from being pulled out in the space, and they both get to a safe point. And right when they think things, right when they think things are going their way, somebody's coming in through the airlock again. <laughs> exactly. But but to, much to their relief, it's Cooper. Cooper Cooper is a survivor, man. You know what? And 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 I don't care what you guys say. Like black folks don't always die the worst in these movies. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right, all right. So reunited, Miller, Stark, and Cooper agree that it's time to blow the ship to Kingdom Come and take their chances in the lifeboat. Uh, with Miller setting off to uh, to trip the explosives, uh, to trip the explosives, Weir, who the ship at this point is just like, we're not letting you die, sucker. You're 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 one of us now. Weir corners him in the gravity core room, uh, and at this point, and while the, as the fight is going on. Weir actually gets a chance to show Miller the reality of what will happen once the once the ship's gravity drive does its thing. Uh, Miller has no choice at that point but to detonate the explosives uh, to save Cooper and Stark's lives. All right, so the final scene here. Seventy-two before days you, before you get to this, the final scene. Mm-hmm. Oh, because oh, I, I, I here I was thinking I was gonna skip past it. Go, go the, ahead. I, I'm sorry. The Kool-Aid blood that falls around in that area. I was just like, what the world is this? Like, like, is the Kool-Aid man gonna bust out? Because oh yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because because Cooper feels like this drop in a whole bunch. Of, like, what is this? And he realized that it's blood. And I'm just like, what was was he trying to? Was the ship trying to drop oh, them by, in blood? Oh, I'm oh, by the way, oh, but no, 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 that's that's cool because actually I did miss that. By the way, like well, I said earlier, that we hadn't quite seen Cooper have an episode uh, as Cooper. Cooper has been tasked with uh, he's been tasked with setting off the life beacon. So once mm-hmm. that the ship has been detached, somebody from Earth will be able to find them. And while Cooper's getting the communications information system ready, he starts tripping. And all of a sudden, there's just blood running through like the the corridors of the ship, <laughs> and that's the Kool Aid blood stuff that Ed is talking about. <laughs> yes, I I was just like, what the world is this Kool Aid? Is this fruit punch or strawberry? And, and you know what? Like... And you know what? Richard T. Jones played the hell out of that character. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> at first, at first, I thought it was like syrup, syrupy. Like I'm like, ooh, I have. I should go hit that. But then I was just like, no, let me come to my sisters because I don't got an IHOP around here. Um, but continue for it. Wait, wait, wait. You don't have an IHOP close by? No. Oh. Well, actually, 
Yeah, we do have an IHOP. I don't know if they're open, though. Snack to everybody. We'll talk about it later. Go ahead. Because <laughs> there's an IHOP, like a hop, skip, and jump from my house. Uh, okay, so... So, uh, so we're now in the final scene of the movie. Uh, it's been 70, 72 days later. The lifeboat has found the drift. And you know what? I'm not even going to give this part to you guys. Like, if you guys want to see the final plot twist of the movie, you're just going to have to see the movie for yourself. Yes. You, you really are. Because, like, that last that last twist was was too much. <laughs> and, it, was, uh, it, was a, it was a nice... It was a nice twist. Oh, oh, oh it, was, it was a nice twist. It's not, it's not. If you, if you haven't thrown your hands up in disgust, according to Ed, at this point, like you're gonna enjoy the plot, the final plot twist of the movie. But because uh, <laughs> because uh, apparently Ed threw his hands up in disgust like seven times. <laughs> and I'm being, I was, I'm being I was, nice by saying seven. <laughs> I was just cackling. It. Uh... All right, so. That there, there you go. That is that is recap. Uh, Event Horizon edition. Uh, so, uh, so I'm gonna turn it back over to you, Ed. So you can go ahead and um, and say your piece and give the final parts about okay. uh, about the about the entire show. Okay, and so, um, I, okay, so how we review recap? If this is your first time listening, or if you can, you know what it is. If we don't have a hat on, um, we, we just don't like this movie at all. If we have a hat on and we got it down, we know that it's bad, but it's, it's good to you know. Yes, we are ashamed to admit if that it, it if, is. If, if it covers your face, yes, if... yes. Um, if you have your hat turned to the back, you like this movie. You thought it was all right. You thought it was good. But if you have your hat full on, you thoroughly enjoy this movie and you love it. And the reason for recap is to see if old movies or any movie that has came out and we watching it is it does it still hold up. So since LeBron hosted and gave the description, I'm going to actually do the, my review. And this is my review for uh, Event Horizon. You, you dirty, dirty, you dirty, dirty. My hat is to the back. I enjoy, I enjoyed it. I had a lot of commentary. You obviously didn't enjoy it enough. No, I love, <laughs> I love this movie. I enjoyed it. It's camp factor. It's, it had me ask literally questions. Hold you on, see, hold I on. already. Hold on, hold on. Camp, camp factor is Jason goes to hell. The, the <laughs> camp, dude, the Super Mario death. <laughs> <laughs> the the ex the the talk like the um do you want it hot and black inside of you like that that was camp like some of the dialogue was literally nonsense you wanting to like okay white girl we know that you you're almost looking like thinking that you're an aliens but you're not um start she decided to dip off a new starship trooper like. <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne didn't uh, go back to his boys in the hood days. Uh, like uh, it was so much non-cynical thing. Seeing the JVC slash Panasonic CD player with the CD stuck out in the in the ship. Like all of this weird and crazy stuff. The Kool-Aid blood. Like I enjoyed this movie. Thirty laughing, and we don't even, we didn't even talk about Sam Neill going to the disco light um, vents and stuff. Trying to oh, change yeah. the board. Oh yeah. I was, I was just like You said trying to Oh, I thought you said I thought you said trying to chase chase the Borg. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm I'm, I'm a I'm a Trekkie. 
like what was this this the Britney Spears video of where the power thing was at? Like I enjoy commentary on this movie, and I thought it was so campy. Like it's so ridiculous, it's so over the top, but it's it's. it's 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 good. It's a good movie to watch. Like I would say this. This movie is better than watching Joker. Like this is a movie that you you need to buy, you need to own, you need to put it in. It's so B-rated, but it has a it has A-list actors in it doing this B-rated subplot, whatever you want to call it. And it's literally is is you get candy, you get your friends, and you watch this movie. You get some sci-fi people who will really enjoy being able to explain stuff. But it's so good, so I have to give it straight to the back. It it's not a movie that I truly love because I had a lot of questions and I was falling out. But I do recommend watching this movie, like owning it, like it's it's me, it's good movie. Well, let me ask you this because uh, because this movie this movie was I feel like it was done a disservice by by Rotten Tomatoes like the like the like the critic score yeah uh, it got a I think the last I checked it was like a twenty eight percent Rotten score and it's actually come up over the years because it was actually it was actually a lot lower I want to say at one point it had twenty one at would, one point I, if I had to rate this movie I now would the, I now would... the the user score the 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 average Joe like us like gave it like a sixty one so. I would go higher. I would give this movie like an 85. Okay. You know, I would give it like I would give it four stars because mm-hmm. the because the plot was, was moving along. It's the little things that make you like stop and laugh and think about and have questions and reflect on your life about things. The dialogue and the writing and the script is so non-cynical, so laugh, so laughable, but it's just like they did what they needed to do. They took some garbage lines at times. It's like truly delivered. Do you want something hot and black? It's just like that took me for a loop. I had to replay that thing three times to understand it. There was some hotness in it. There's some hotness factor in it. Wait, 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 wait. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. As black as as black person, you've never been objectified like that because I, I've, I've, I've had that line thrown at me a couple of times. I've never heard anything like that at all. I haven't been objectified. I would love to be objectified. Heck, I would like to be a side mission to somebody if, if, oh, if somebody. Oh <laughs> You know, like it. This movie is you know what? so. You, you know what? You know what? Thirst trap more. <laughs> I, I got the certain pictures to do it. So. <laughs> okay. All right. So. Uh, so hat to the back for Ed, which means he didn't necessarily dislike it, but there were some things about it that could have been better, in his opinion. I. 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 I like I said, I love this movie. I enjoyed it. I just didn't be like, okay, it like. I, I think if I would have saw this in 1997, I I probably would have had a different mind frame. But it's good that I watched it now that I understand movies a little bit better. And I think I it's better than a lot of movies that I've seen in the 90s. And I wish I did go see this when it came out. Like, it's it's a good movie. So, but yeah. Okay. All right. So, for me, because... uh. Because there's, it's to me, Event Horizon is is a classic sci-fi movie. I mean, it's from the '90s, and you know, it's and '90s horror had had its own like life of its own. As a matter of fact, I want to say Starship Troopers was a '90s movie, but that wasn't technically horror. But yes, 
but you know, like the sci-fi elements and stuff like that. You had, you know, sci-fi movies are either it's either it's either Alien, Star Trek, or stuff like even Horizon and Starship Troopers and stuff like that. But uh, I I put it up there as a classic, and um, that twenty-eight percent rotten score is just a, such a disservice uh, because I feel like honestly, uh, it's it's probably I agree with you, Ed. It's probably somewhere in the eighties for me. Um, I. I uh, it's 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 too good, and also like you gotta think like Event Horizon, Event Horizon the movie inspired some of the most popular video games that we that we play today. Um, mm-hmm. Like yeah. that's like Dead Space is honestly a mashup of Aliens and uh, and and Event Horizon in my in my opinion. You're stuck in this ship and all hell's breaking loose and and stuff and everything's trying to kill you and stuff like that. And and there's so many there's so many things that took from Event Horizon. Uh, and you know what? It's it's funny that you were talking about like the sound design of the movie because yeah, if you played Dead Space, there are times when like you are overwhelmed with nothing but sound, just like in the Event Horizon, and there's times there's no sound at all. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So yeah, there's a so yeah, we owe we owe Event Horizon, you know, and Paul W. S. Anderson, you know, a lot of credit because like he inspired a few things that, you know, we we might not want to give him credit for all the time because yeah, like we, we talked about it in um in We Cap Resident Evil. That there, people had franchise fatigue by the time the sixth Resident Evil movie came out, and that and that franchise and that fatigue also, you know, started a whole like hate thing for Paul Paul Anderson. But I mean, with his with his credentials, with his directing credentials, like, d- dude, like if, he's if you guys, not a if, bad he's not a bad director. I exactly. see more of his work. Like he's he's good at what he does. Exactly. Like I mean, like I I think people. I think people are mad, you know, because re- because there's six Resident Evil movies and it didn't quite hit the mark for Resident Evil the way they wanted to. But you got to mm-hmm. realize Paul W.S. Anderson is the reason why we have video game movies, because he directed Mortal Kombat, the first one. Yes. And a lot of gamers to this day swear up and down that the original Mortal Kombat movie is one of the greatest video game movies, if not fighting game movies out there. Yes, correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's in my top list. Like, uh, like, like, let me hear the Mortal Kombat. I'm, I'm sitting down, watch, I'm sitting down, watch the movie. <laughs> it's, it may still there's be, gonna be there's, there's gonna be some twerking happening. <laughs> and Kano is hot I, as ever. I know. I, I, I'm sorry, I don't twerk. I, I, I can't. I don't have the coordination to twerk. I mean, I, I can drop it like it's hot, but I, I can't twerk. You gonna have to show me to drop it like it's hot. <laughs> But yeah, uh, but yeah, my rating is hat completely to the front. Like this movie is the greatest in my opinion, not the best movie, but the greatest in my opinion. Actually, wait, that's that's bad grammar. Because how do I say not the best movie, but the greatest? That that doesn't make any sense. I've I, I said I'm a ghetto philosopher, and I just went off telling white people what they should do with someone who don't love them. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, hashtag get that bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I should just, I should literally just go on Twitter, just put hashtag get that bag, <laughs> and just see what people be like. What the world? Yeah. Uh, but anything else, Lara? Uh, no, that's that's all I wanted to add. I've I've said my piece. You know, I've tried to I tried to diffuse your slander of this movie. <laughs> 
but yet that's right but you know what i'll be honest with you like i did watch like i like because because i knew we were doing recap i did watch it recently and i'm starting to see where this movie kind of doesn't it, it's 2020 now so that movie's almost 25 years old mm-hmm. that movie that movie's starting to like not stand up against the test of time and but you know it's still good it's still entertaining uh there's still something that you get got from it if anything if you don't want to latch on to the horror movie aspect of the movie just the fact that it talks about mental trauma and stuff that people go through and how and how it messes with your mind how how these things can weigh on your mind is a serious mm-hmm. serious thing you know like it's it's something yeah and they'll keep your attention and they'll keep you on the edge throughout the whole movie and that's what i love about it it's just there are some things that i just i i think because i put the commentary on i was just like not the movie commentary making my own commentary on twitter it was just such a ride and and everything uh but yes everybody that has been event horizon um i will say this if you can find you a copy do buy the movie i will recommend that um me and LeBron will have to. So, what should be our next movie? Should we do "I'm Going to Get You, Sucker"? I thought you had somebody else for that one. No, I'm going to have. I just going to have. Oh, was it me? Yeah, we could do "I'm Going to Get You, Sucker." What were you and Logan doing? Me and Logan are supposed to be doing Joker because we did Ninja ah. Scroll, but he didn't watch all the Ninja Scroll, so he was going oh, to be slacker. doing. That's yeah. So we go. We're supposed to be doing Joker. Uh-huh. Um, me and Jesse supposed to be doing um, Spirit to the Way. Uh, no, me and Jesse supposed to be doing Airplane. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, but I think do... I, I think I, I think I talked I think I talked to Celeste and giving like me and her doing like um doing like a uh, retrospective on uh, Gundam Wing. We were we were chatting last night, and um, I think. Uh, I think we might. I think she and her might team. Me, me and her, me and her might team up on that one. The TV show Gunner Ring. Gunner the anime series. Yeah. Oh, I love that series. I love. Uh, it was like the soap opera of anime for me for Cartoon Network. I love that. Um, yeah. So if you guys do it, do it. Uh, we could do. So we could do. I'm gonna get you sucker. Mm-hmm. We could do a aliens movie. Uh, or we could do Alien. Uh, cause I've never seen Alien. Um, there's any original. I never. Now, seen I, now I just. Now I just said I was never gonna do a horror movie with you again. But I feel like you need to see Alien, and you need to make sure you see the. Uh, is it the director's cut? Because uh, there's footage in there that you that I feel like you need to see. So like whichever one's on the current on the current um, Blu-ray is the one you need to see. So look for the remastered director's cut. I, I thought, is that a, in a collection also? Yeah, the there's a quadrilogy. Like you can get well, actually now they've got all six alien movies in in one collection. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but we're not, but we're not recapping like an entire anthology again. Oh we're no, not doing that. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, which what would you like to do? Because we should do. I'm going to get you sucker. And then come back and do Alien because we. I think that sounds like a plan. That sounds like a plan, actually. It sounds like a plan. Okay. Um, yeah, because me and Jesse talking about Airplay. I ch- I'm going to die rewatching it because I may need to watch Airplane. This has been a long time. It's still so. <laughs> it's such a classic. I kind of want to do the naked gun also because I just want to see RJ <laughs> Simpson go down the uh go down those stairs and uh, 
going down the stairs, and then he hit the pole, his body flip up and fall into the baseball field. <laughs> um, so, but everybody, that is going to be this episode of recap. Um, uh, Leron has his hat to the front. I have mine to the back. We both enjoyed this movie. Uh, we both recommend watching it and everything. Definitely to see the ending on how it. Uh, let's see the movie's ending and get the twist. Uh, Leron, where can we find you? All right, you can find me on on, on practically all social media uh, at exodus803. That's exodus803. Um, that's also my uh, that's also my Twitch channel. So so find me there, and uh, and also. Every freaking, I think I finally got it to where like every freaking service, uh, every freaking game service is there. I know Steam, that's my Steam ID, that's my PlayStation ID, uh, that's my Xbox ID. Uh, even though I call myself Exes803 on Switch, you know, we still have to do the freaking Switch codes, you know, yeah. unless you find, unless you find me on, unless you find me on Switch through social media, because I do like that they added that. <laughs> yes. Um, you guys can find me on Twitter at that retro code. You can check me out on Optional Opinion on SoundCloud, other podcast apps. You can find me on PSN as Okamiko. Um, you can find me on uh, Xbox as the Lyrical One. Um, my Switch code is on my profile page on uh, my uh, on my uh, Twitter account. Um, you can check me out on uh, Nintendo Power Block and my Switch Podcast. You can check around out on Crossroads um, and everybody. Like I said, do go check out Event Horizon. And with that, everybody, we have to recap Event Horizon, and we will see you next time on the podcast. Bye, everybody. Have a good night. <laughs>